What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of the First and Foremost Sports Podcast. This is the Mamba episode. I am the one and only Quentin Douglas. And I'm Jimmy Covington. <laughs> We're back at it again. How you doing today, Jimmy? I'm doing good, bro. Uh, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, so what? Today we got an NFL episode on tap for you guys. I know we've been doing NBA exclusively the last few weeks, of course, with the playoffs going on. But as you all know, on tomorrow night, the Chiefs and Texans will be kicking off this year's NFL season. Yes, it is happening. Uh, so, Jimmy, how excited are you, bro? Uh, you know how I feel about football. That's uh, this first love right there. You know, football trumps all. I, I don't I don't care. Like I'm not watching Lakers play. I'm not watching Lakers play tomorrow night. You know what I'm on. Seriously. Game one is more important than the playoffs. I'm just gonna keep it honest with you. Man. You know what? I think I knew that you like football more, but I wouldn't think you would pick just the opening night kickoff game all over uh, an NBA on. playoff game. Come on, bro. Unless it's the conference finals. I'm, the I'm definitely watching that playoff game. Unless it's the conference finals with the Lakers and Clippers or uh, Miami versus whoever or the NBA finals. If football alone, it's going to be football. Like, I mean, it's, it's the reason why the NFL doubled the NBA in revenue every single year. Oh, so, look, look, so what you think about this? Uh, of course, we don't know if it's going to happen this year yet uh, with the NBA schedule right now, but the NFL is going back to Christmas Day games this year. So from now to the future, who you think going to beat the other on Christmas Day games? Feel sorry for the NBA. <laughs> I, listen, I thought the same thing. The NFL is going to trump them every single time. Yeah, I thought that same thing, bro. That, that's it's why I remember, remember early part of the summertime before the restart, uh, we talked about, you know, how is that going to work when NFL season start, and we about to see. I'm telling you, these ratings, not going to be what the NBA think they, they are about to be. Like, NFL is And if I'm not reason. mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I know at least first round, I believe they were down, like, 27%. Something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't know, man. We've got to find out. But I, I can only imagine this is going to be a sharp decline. Uh, but like I said, we got an NFL episode on tap today. So, let's get right to it, bro. First topic, our very own Tennessee Titans uh, made the acquisition of signing Jadavian Clowney. You know, there's a lot of speculation throughout the offseason that it will possibly happen. It finally happened less than a week before the start of the season. Uh, so, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on this move, and where does this put the Titans? Uh, well, first of all, I think this is a tremendous move. Uh, it came with much deliberation, and it, it's a long time coming. Uh, I feel like we've been talking about Jadavian Clowney for forever. And uh, I think this makes the Titans Super Bowl contenders, uh, hands down. Uh, they already got a Super Bowl caliber defense to begin with. I mean, a defensive line. You know, Jeffrey Simmons, who's going to be year two removed from an ACL injury. And if you remember him at Mississippi State, he probably was going to be a top five, top ten pick. 
Uh, they got Jack Crawford, who's a veteran. Daquan Jones, who's underrated. Uh, inside linebacker, you got two athletic inside linebackers, Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans. Or you got Harold Landry on the outside. You know, they added Vic Beasley. Uh, they got Kamali Correa. And they added to Damian Clowney. And you know what the back end is like. Kevin Byard, arguably the best safety in football. You know, Dory Jackson, Jonathan Joseph, Malcolm Butler, you know, Christian Fulton, uh, Kenny Steele. So that's a that's a Super Bowl caliber defense. And we know what the offense was last year. You know, Derrick Henry, Russian King, uh, Tannehill, surprise folks. A.J. Brown was the best rookie receiver last year. And he's only going to get better. Uh, John New Smith is going to be a star this year. Mark my words. They're going to finally unleash him. Uh, Corey Davis, top five pick. Adams Humphreys is a good slot receiver. So, and the offensive line is good. So, they got all the tools and the makings of a of a Super Bowl contender. And uh, you know, I think he, you know, I think he he firmly puts them in, you know, in contention. Uh, you know, I'm thinking they could possibly win the division this year. So, if you want to get into like, you know, the contract per se, you know, it's a one year deal worth more than 12 million. Uh, yeah, it's 5.2 million dollar base salary. Uh, $6.2 million signing bonus with $11.5 million guaranteed. Uh, you know, and, you know, with Jadavian Clowney, if you watch him closely, you know he's not a big sack guy. He only had three sacks last year, and he only has 32 sacks for his career. Uh, he's never even been over 10 sacks in the season. Uh, but he's the ultimate disruptor. Uh, he, still, uh, he still had 13 quarterback hits. Uh, he still had seven tackles for a long last year, and he battled with injury uh, all of last year. So, you know, he lives in the backfield, and that's what you need. You know, sack numbers, are, I think the sack is one of the most overrated statistics in football because it doesn't always show your true impact. You know what I'm saying? You could have a good year and have 15 sacks, but, then, but you're not really a 15-sack guy. You're more of an eight-sack guy. Uh, but, you know, throughout his career, like I, like I said, he lives in the backfield. Uh, his best season – was when Mike Vrabel was with the Texans. Uh, he had 59 tackles. Back in 2017, he had 59 tackles, 21 tackles for a loss, uh, nine and a half sacks, and he hit the quarterback 21 times. So, like I said, the ultimate disruptor. And that's what you want to do. You know, when you got a guy like him and, like, guys like Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox, you have to game plan for them, and it opens it up for other players like Harold Landry. You know what I'm saying? He's going to pop. I think Jeffrey Simmons is going to pop. They'll return to their dominant form. So, you know, the Titans is going to be a scary team to contend with this year. I'm right on board with you. Uh, and before, you know, I get into the Titans side, you know, he was actually close to being a Saint towards the end of last week. Uh, I believe they were trying to trade actually with the Cleveland Browns uh, to get some ca- some cash to uh, free up some cap space for him. But for my 49ers, I couldn't be happier that he went to the AFC instead of the NFC because the Saints already got a good squad. And if you got, what, Cam Jordan and Jadavian Clowney coming off the edges, that's a nasty duo right there. Uh, And that would have been scary for Tom Brady too, twice a year, right in the division. Uh, But you know, like I said, I agree that this move definitely makes the Titans Super Bowl contender. Uh, it's a simple formula that they have, you know. They have a quarterback who, well, while I'm not the biggest fan of Ryan Tannehill, I want that to be known. Uh, he does manage the game well, and he can make big plays when, when necessary. 
Uh, you know, he showed the ability to do that last year for this team down the stretch. Uh, so, you know, I I believe he can probably duplicate that this year uh, with another another year under his belt in that offensive system. Uh, and then the running game, we know about Derrick Henry. We know what he's all about. Uh, we saw how much he meant to the team in the playoffs. We've been able to manage the game clock uh, and being able to keep other teams' offenses on the sideline, uh, namely Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson. Uh, so there's no doubt that they'll be stout there again this year. And now with this move, like we both said, they have a Super Bowl defense. Uh, you know, Jadavian Clowney, like you said, he's more of a disruptor. He's not really an elite pass rusher, uh, which I've always questioned why that's the case with him. You know, he's a guy with all the athletic ability in the world. You know, he has the explosiveness that jumps off the screen. Uh, I saw firsthand last year twice just how much of a disruptor he was uh, against my 49ers. He lived in the backfield on just about every play. Uh, you know, he's one of those players who's a true game wrecker, uh, and he's a player that the offense has to account for uh, every play on the field. Uh, and one thing about this Titans team, uh, even beyond the players, their coach, the edge that he has, it rubs off on his players. Uh, and I think that that's a big testament as to why they were able to play as well as they did down the stretch, even in the postseason last year. Uh, you know, we just saw a team that played very physical. They played with the edge. They weren't afraid of anybody. Uh, and when you think of those things, you think of Mike Verbal. Uh, and, of course, you have to give a lot of credit to John Robinson, who also, once again, another guy from New England. Uh, they're basically duplicating – you know, what they've seen up there building an elite defense uh, and the offense, you know, that has a quarterback that manages the game. Uh, but you have to give your hats off to him. And, of course, like you said, he's reunited. Jadavian Clowney is reunited with Verbal, uh, had his best year in Houston with him. Uh, and now he'll be able to get revenge on Houston twice a year uh, because Houston didn't want to pay him originally. So now you have that as more motivation for Jadavian Clowney. Not to mention he's already about to be wanting to get paid anyway because this was just a one-year prove-it deal. So if I had to guess, i said say we probably don't see no less than 12 sacks from this year. <clears throat> you, you hit it right on the head, man. That's a contract year, and we know what players can do uh, in contract year, you know, uh, barring injury. Like you said, I'm thinking, like you said, at least 12 sacks. I'm, I'm thinking at least, you know, maybe 20 tackles for a loss, something like that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's gonna be an All-Pro selection this year. I can see that. I can see that. And he yeah, definitely just, gonna get paid with the All-Pro selection. Clowny about to get paid, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I always question, wonder too, why he wasn't in the league. Any, excuse me, any league pass <laughs> rusher, <laughs> any league pass rusher, because like you said. I mean, he got all the tools, 6'5", 255. Well, he ran a 4'5", 4 in the 40. Uh, got long arms, yeah. strong. Got a relentless motor, quick at the line of scrimmage. So, those are, those are all the makers of an elite pass rusher. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just not him. But, listen, he's still Bro. a great player. And every time I think of Jadavion Clowney, I always go back to that play. He was in college against Michigan. 
and he blew up that running back and his helmet just flew off. Like that was the day we was just like, yeah, this dude legit. Uh, and it must but, it must have been foreshadowing because Taylor Lewan was the tackle. That, uh, today oh, so was. You know what? I didn't even make that connection. But, yeah, that's crazy to think about. Because, you know, Taylor Lewan actually was one of the players recruiting him on social media to sign with Tennessee. So that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, but moving on to our next topic, while we're talking about Houston, let's stay down there, why don't we? So, Deshaun Watson that star quarterback signed a four-year, $160 million extension. He got the bag for real. So, Jimmy, we know how much of a fan of Deshaun Watson you are. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Deshaun Watson. What do you think about this deal, and did he deserve it? Uh, Well, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, Deshaun Watson is my favorite quarterback. Uh, but you know, listen, he deserved every single he deserved every single penny he got. You know, first off, I want to say that, you know, he he has the the misfortune of playing for Bill O'Brien, uh, who has proven <laughs> who has proven that he's not really a good coach. He's terrible with clock management, and he's make he makes some extremely questionable decisions uh, in terms of you know contracts and signing players. You know. We saw where he traded DeAndre Hopkins uh, for a bag of potato chips and six Twizzlers. Uh, <laughs> but, like, you know, Deshaun Watson deserves every, every penny. He got over $110 million in uh, total guarantees. He got $73 million guaranteed at signing. Uh, you know, he was 10-5 last year. They won a division, made the playoffs, uh, won a playoff game. They were actually up 24. On his on- back. On eventual, uh, yeah, they were up 24 on the eventual, eventual Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and that debacle kind of ensued. But, you know, Deshaun Watson, uh, thus far in his career, uh, he's carried their team on his back. He's 24 and 13 as a starter. He has eight fourth quarter comebacks, uh, 10 game winning drives. Drives, I mean, listen, the man's the definition of a leader. He's dual threat. He's not the runner that, you know, Lamar Jackson is, but he's just, he's, you know, he's one of the best running quarterbacks we have in the game. Uh, dual threat, like I mentioned. Uh, he's a gamer, tough as nails. He's already been sacked 125 times in three years. Uh, he's productive. And, they got to you know, get that man some protection. Man, he's productive. And one thing I love about his game that is he is one of the best I've ever seen at the deep ball. Like, the way he can put it, only where only his receiver can get it is something special. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, you know, years ago before he got drafted, called him Michael Jordan. And uh, people find that <laughs> people found that asinine, but I, you know, in a sense of you know, just being able to carry somebody on your back, you know, that's what Deshaun Watson is. I might would liken it more to a LeBron James, uh, but the man is the man is amazing. You know, completes about sixty six percent of his passes. You know, passing for about two hundred sixty yards a game. Uh, he runs for about thirty two yards a game. So, like I said, he's the ultimate dual threat quarterback. You know, there's not many guys I would go to. You know, if I could start my franchise today outside of my homes or maybe Russell Wilson, I think the next guy online is Deshaun Watson. You know, people might argue Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson is nowhere near the passer uh, that I Deshaun Watson is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't need – truthfully, I don't need – I don't want my quarterback running for 200 yards. 
because there's more hits on his body. You know, if he's a dual threat guy, give me about 400 yards, and that's cool with me. You know, I, I need more passing yards, yeah. more passing touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, that's not good for long term either. But I think, you know, and even, you know, I think it's worth mentioning that he has had two ACL injuries. He had one at Clemson, and he had one his rookie year uh, with the Texans. But, you know, he's still able to put the team on his back and run the rock, and he takes some big hits at times. So, like I said, it speaks to his toughness. So, you know, the guy is just a baller. Like, you know, if I was a, a football player, you know, I might I would want to play with Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I'm on board uh, with you on this one. Like you said, uh, you you know, you talked about how much talent he really has. Uh, he's definitely a generational talent. Uh, he's definitely somebody that you would pay to see because uh, he puts on a show every time he steps on the football field. Uh, you know, he's really more of a playmaker than just a quarterback, you know, kind of shedding that player label. Uh, I think I, I just really call him a, a playmaker. But, you know, you talked about his talent. Of course, his will to win is unmatched. Uh, toughness, you know, all the intangibles are there. Uh, but, you know, looking at it from his career aspect, like I said, you know, he deserved every penny. Uh, I'm afraid that what Houston's putting him through right now uh, could possibly be similar to what we're seeing Green Bay do to Aaron Rodgers. And I think I don't think that's really good for his career long term. Uh, you talked about Bill O'Brien. It's sad when you have one of the worst head coaches, general managers, and offensive coordinators all in the same dude. Because we forget, you know, he essentially uh, let Dwayne Brown walk and overtraded for Laramie Tunsil, uh in the deal to also get Kenny Stills. They didn't pay Jadavion Clowney. They didn't pay, which I almost forgot he even played for them. They didn't pay Tyron Matthew, who's now on the Super Bowl team. They just now, because they had to uh, overcompensate to get Tunsil, they were going to have to extend them. So guess what? They couldn't pay DeAndre Hopkins. You see how that just played out in Arizona. Now they're paying David Johnson $13 million, who really hasn't been relevant in about three years. And now you have Brandon Cooks at receiver, who's probably about a concussion away from retiring. That That's what that's what Deshaun Watson is dealing with in Houston right now. And this guy's supposed to be an offensive-minded head coach. But every time we look at the, at the Houston Texans play, is Deshaun Watson running running around for his life, bailing the Texans out? I just don't see, you know, what really he brings to the game as far as the offensive mind. Uh, and then you have to look at the defensive side of the ball for the Texans. J.J. Watt, unfortunately, you know, he's no longer the player he used to be. Uh, and outside of him, that defense really doesn't have much else. Uh, and when you're not a good defense, you have to create turnovers. They don't do that either. I think they were 15th in takeaways last year. Uh, so now you put even more pressure on Deshaun Watson that every time he goes on the field, he got to score a touchdown, or next time he get back on the field, they may be down by 30. Uh, but you have to look 
you look at him and you compare him to his contemporaries, you have Patrick Mahomes. Look at his situation. He has Andy Reid, one of the best receivers in the game, arguably the best tight end in the game, and probably, at worst, a top 10 offensive line. And what did his defense do for him last year? Create turnovers. They weren't elite, but they created turnovers. And Frank Clark and Chris Jones and those guys, they got after the quarterback in the playoffs. Then you look at Lamar Jackson. What does he have? John Harbaugh, one of the top coaches in the NFL. Uh, it was Ozzie Newsom, but, of course, he's no longer there. But he was one of the best GMs. And look how well their roster's constructed. You know, they give Lamar the freedom to play to his strengths. They have an elite defense who doesn't really allow other teams to score points. And that allows Lamar to go out there and just do his thing. And looking at it 10 years from now, we we can't be shocked if they have drastically better careers than Deshaun Watson. You know what? You know, you mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't even liken it to Aaron Rodgers' situation. I like it to Andrew Luck's situation. Oh, you know, that was pretty bad, too. They, you know, did, Andrew, they definitely did Andrew Luck dirty. You know, Andrew Luck came into the league, you know, c- carrying the franchise on his back and didn't have – really didn't have good weapons. You know, he had T.Y. Mm-hmm. Hilton. He had T.Y. Hilton and Deshaun Watson, you know, for the first two – first three years of his career. You know, he had D-Hop. But outside of that, you didn't have anything consistent. The defense wasn't good. The defense hasn't been good. Uh, the only de- exactly. defense the, – I can only name one of their defensive backs. And so and when you know I can only name one of their players, you know it's a problem. <laughs> and, that's, uh, and that's Justin Reed. And I think they got Vernon Hargraves, who's been a bust at quarterback. Uh, and uh, yeah. I think I can I – know, I can name their inside linebackers. Uh, you know, you got Bernardrick McKinney and Zach Cunningham, but, you know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're d- decent players. And like you said, J.J. Watt isn't the guy that he once was. So, it's it's kind of like it's Deshaun Watson and everybody else. And that's not going to be exactly. enough. That's not going to be enough nope. like, at all. Because, look, we just talked about the Titans, the Colts. The Colts got a good team. Nobody's talking about the Colts, but – they could sneak up on some people this year. And we're not even going to mention the dumpster fire down in Jacksonville. Uh, but, but the Texans, as it stands right now, are the third best team in their division alone. Uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they start off the season with Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. So... Texans probably definitely about to start the season 0-3. Uh, it could, so things, but then – Go ahead. Uh, they could, but then, like you said, Deshaun Watson, he's just so great that, I mean, yeah. they, could, they could easily go 0-3 or they could easily go 3-0. and You know, you just never know with the way he with plays. Once again, that's why he worked the money. Uh, I'm glad he got that's his money. Mad. Yeah, I'm glad he do too because they, they probably won't do much winning. <laughs> But I feel I feel bad for him, man. But now moving on, we next we got because everybody's getting paid this off season. Now we got Deshaun Watson's former teammate, who was just traded this off season. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins signed a two year extension with the Arizona Cardinals. 
uh, for $54 million, $27 million per year. Uh, now, he did have $3 million left on his current contract, uh, but, of course, that additional two was tacked on at the end. Uh, so, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on this contract uh, and this commitment from the Cardinals to, to DeAndre Hopkins? And D-Hop, get your money, dog. You know, DeAndre Hopkins has been one of the, arguably the best receiver in football uh, for the last three or four years. You know, when you want to look at the numbers, he goes hand-in-hand with everybody. I think he was the fastest receiver to 600 receptions, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he signed a – you know, he was already under contract. Of, it was a five-year, $81 million deal. Uh, he was already under contract. This is the third year of that deal. So they mm-hmm. added two years and $54.5 million of new money. That's what that is. Uh, he got guaranteed $42 million at signing. Uh, so, I mean, listen, I, he's well worth the money. You know, uh, Mike Thomas got paid, you know. So, you know, D-Hop was next in line. So he got paid too. Uh, it's actually a record extension uh, for a non-QB in terms of, you know, yeah. yearly. Mm, in terms of, yeah, in terms of yearly value, it's going to be a $27 million a year. So, you know, that's that's big money for, any for you know, any position outside of quarterback. That's, that's huge money. But it's well and, worth it. And that's a big deal, too, especially considering, uh, you know, the uncertainty with the salary cap right now. Yep. Uh, but like I said, he's well worth the money uh, for his career. He has 632 receptions, 8,600 yards, 54 touchdowns, and averaging about 78 yards a game. Uh, he's a four-time. He has four Pro Bowl selections, and he has four All-Pro selections. Like I said, he's been one of the best in the game since he stepped foot in the league. And uh, you know, besides having Deshaun Watson, before he got Deshaun Watson, he had some terrible quarterbacks throwing to him. So you know, still with that production, with not elite QB play is is amazing. Uh, Do you remember D-Hop, Brock Osweiler? <laughs> <laughs> Tom Savage, <laughs> Matt Shaw, like, come on, dog. They gave um, Brock Osweiler seventy-two million, bro. <laughs> and Bill O'Brien still got a job. But like, what you know, when you look at D Hop game, you know, consistency is what jumps out to me. Availability, you know, is one of those things, the best availability. Best ability is availability. Uh, he's played 110 of a possible 112 games, so he's always going to be there. Uh, his competitiveness and his contested catches have become, you know, routine. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he has a highlight reel of strictly contested catches. Uh, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's still able to create enough separation to make those amazing catches. He has huge hands, probably the size of my head and yours. <laughs> uh, you know, and ball skills, his ball Man, his ball skills out of his world. Like, you know, he's a, he's a, a security blanket, and I think Kyler Murray is going to enjoy having him as a security blanket. I think it's going to help elevate Kyler Murray's game to another level. Oh, no doubt. Uh, I'm definitely – I'm happy for D-Hop to get this money. Definitely well-deserved. Uh, I'm glad the Cardinals are, you know, showing him off the bat that they are committed to him because clearly the Texans weren't. Once again, looking at you, Bill O'Brien. Uh, but now, you know, he's out in Arizona. Uh, he's with Cliff Kingsbury and, you know, that wide-open offense. I think he should be a stat machine. You know, we've already seen what he did did in Houston. And we just talked about Bill O'Brien wasn't that great of a play caller. I can only imagine how Cliff's going to scheme to get him open. 
he won't even have to work to get open. So you can just imagine. Uh, but, you know, like I said, it'll be opened up for him. What better teammate to have than Larry Legend himself, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, as a mentor uh, and just as another guy to have in the locker room with you uh, at your position because uh, he's one of the best to do it ever. And then they got a young receiver in Christian Kirk uh, who's going into his third year, and he's developed each of his first two years, and he's shown a lot of potential. Uh, they kept Kenyon Drake who played really well for them last year uh, when he stepped in for David Johnson. Um, and I believe they have, was it Dan Arnold at tight end? He was a nobody, but Cliff Kingsbury made him serviceable. So there you have it. So they should have a dangerous offense this year. Uh, I think they, you know, invested a little bit in that O-line for Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, it's great for him now that he'll have a reliable target, like you said. That should definitely help his development. Um, you know, he's going to be scary. He's probably really a young Russell Wilson. Uh, but, you know, he's dangerous both, you know, running and passing. Um, and like I said, too, D-Hop, he should be a stat machine because uh, one area that the Cardinals lacked last year was their red zone offense. Um, and while Kyler Murray, he was 10th in the NFL last season and red zone passes. But then he was only 23rd in red zone touchdowns. Derek Carr had more red zone touchdowns than Colin Murray. Uh, so <laughs> that tells you a lot. Uh, but D-Hop, with them needing that red zone target, if we get about 10, 11 touchdowns from them, don't be shocked. Uh, but they gonna, they definitely going to be nasty in Arizona. Really, that whole division this year just going to be nasty. I'm excited. I know we went to the Super Bowl last year, but this season, if all four teams be clicking and healthy, it should be a sight to see. I think that division could very well have three teams uh, in the playoffs, especially with the extra wild card team. So I, if they got if, – if the NFC West has three teams in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I'll go out on a limb and say – I wouldn't say all four, but I would say any of three of the four teams could win the division. I don't think the Cardinals could win the division yet. They don't have enough on defense just yet. Uh, but I, I think the Rams, Seahawks, or 49ers could easily win that division this year. Yep. Uh, but, you know, once again, perfect segue. Talking about the division, going to a rival, the L.A. Rams. Jalen Ramsey, that star cornerback, got his bag. A five-year, $105 million extension, 71.2 guaranteed. Man, I can only imagine walking in the bank knowing I got that much in my account. You can't tell me nothing. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slapping my stuff under this. You know what I'm here for. <laughs> Uh, but Jimmy, with this move, uh, do you think the uh, do you think the Rams overpaid Jalen Ramsey? You know what? You know, in this day and age, players are constantly resetting the market, and so you know, with a, with a guy with Jalen Ramsey's resume and his talent, nah, I don't think they overpaid at all. 
you know, seventy-one million guaranteed. Average salary is going to be twenty-one million. Uh, his cap hit is thirteen million this year. That's from his rookie deal. But listen, Jalen Ramsey is arguably the, outside of Stephon Gilmore. He's probably the, I will say he's arguably the second best corner in football. I don't think it's no arguing that Stephon Gilmore is the best cornerback in football. I don't think there's much of an argument. No doubt, no doubt. But after him, I think Jalen Ramsey is right there. I mean, he has all the measurables: six foot two, you know, two hundred eight pounds. Uh, you know, the interception numbers aren't as great as you might think they would, but the pass deflections are there. Uh, the coverage numbers are there. Uh, he he's gonna talk trash. He's gonna get in your head. You know, he's physical. He's gonna hit you. He's gonna follow your number one receiver. I think Jalen. That's all. Those are all things that you want in your number one, in the top flight corner. And I think, you know, I think the Rams did what they had to do. And I'm happy for them. You know, out of Smyrna, uh, Jalen, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah, I'm big, big Jalen Ramsey fan. Uh, you know, my, my of course, best friend from school, Her, uh, she from Nashville. So she got a big, big crush on Jalen Ramsey, which is hilarious. Uh, but – I don't think they overpaid for him, uh, but I thought of it from the aspect you have to look at it. The Rams are no longer in St. Louis. They in L.A. now. We know what L.A. all about. You got Hollywood. You got LeBron in the Lakers. You got Kawhi in the Clippers. You got Mike Trout with the Angels. You got the loaded Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, you got everything in L.A. USC, UCLA, not as good as they used to be, but you got just literally everything. Uh, but it's all about the star power you got and, you know, how much you're willing or how much you're drawing and bringing attention to your team. Uh, and it's, like I said, just a reflection of the city, that aggressive mindset. Because uh, looking at it, the Rams, they've been pretty active over the last few years. These are some notable players that they've acquired. We got Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, who retired today, Clay Matthews, Brandon Cooks, and Dominic Sue, Dante Fowler, <laughs> Clay Matthews, and Eric Weddle. All of those players, one thing in common, big names. Uh, you know, they may not have lived up to those big names with the Rams, but you could definitely see, you know, the approach that they're taking to build this team. Uh, but, you know, I love the Jalen Ramsey extension. Like I said in the last segment, I still think they're a good team. Uh, I think they're dangerous. They recently just went to the Super Bowl. A bulk of that team uh, or a bulk of those players are still on the team. Uh, they have the best defensive player in the NFL in Aaron Donald, arguably one of the greatest defensive players we've ever seen. Uh, people forget they have one of the top young coaches in the league in Sean McVay. Uh, we've seen the work he's done with Jared Goff in that offense. Uh, you know, of course, they lost Todd Gurley, uh, but he, I guess, you know, just wasn't very productive last year. Uh, so, you know, they moved on from him. But I think they'll be right back in the thick of things this year. Yep. If you want to talk about, you know, they also added, you know, two talented rookies. They added Cam Akers, who they think can place replace Todd Gurley. And they also added my favorite receiver in the draft, uh, 
Van Jefferson uh, from, from Brentwood. Listen. <laughs> This man loves some Van Jefferson. Bro, the man look like dude. The way he runs, the way he runs routes is crazy. Like it looks like he's floating off the line of scrimmage, bro. Like you gotta actually watch him. And you know he did it in big games against LSU. You know Derek Stingley Jr. outside of Jeff Okuda, you could call Derek Stingley Jr. the best cornerback in football. And he was the first drive of the third quarter. He put Derek Stingley Jr. on the highlight tape, dog. He was cook killing him with the routes. I mean, you know, his pops was an NFL receiver. He's an NFL coach. So, you know, his hard work and a testament to his craft, dedication to his craft is, you know, it shows. Uh, so, you know, you, you got some talented guys. So, I, like you said, they, they could be very well. They could very well win a division. Yeah, for sure, bro. Uh, like you said, that's sneaky good. I feel like a lot of people forgot about them uh, just because they had a down uh, year last year. Which I mean, they were what? I think they were still like seven and nine. No, they were nine so, and seven. You know, I'm sure. Or yeah, nine and seven, nine and seven. You're right. Uh, and I know they had one close game against us. So probably just a few different outcomes. They could have easily been a playoff team again. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that like we said, definitely be right back in the thick of things. Uh, but now you know the bad side of sports injuries. Uh, Von Miller. Unfortunately, uh, he could possibly miss this entire season uh, with a with a foot injury. Uh, so, Jimmy, uh, do you think what do you think about this? No, you sent me the text message at a screenshot a screenshot uh, yesterday about like six forty, and then somebody was like a freak a freak ankle injury happened in the last play of practice, and uh, I read uh, I said he suffered a tendon injury in his ankle and he's expected to undergo surgery. Uh, Von Miller is 31, and uh, he's in the fifth year of that mega deal he signed uh, some years ago. Uh, he has a base salary of $17.5 million per year over the next two years. And uh, next season at age 32, he'll have a cap hit of $22 million. Uh, so, you know, it, it bad, you know, honestly, this could be the last season we see Bron, uh, Von Miller uh, in a Broncos uniform, uh, as crazy as that might sound. Uh, one of the best defenders of all time, arguably the greatest defender of our generation. Uh, last year, he played 15 games. He wasn't as productive as he had been in previous years. Uh, he had 46 tackles, eight sacks, uh, 10 tackles for a loss, uh, 20 quarterback hits uh, for any other defender, uh, edge rusher. That's a great season. But for Von Miller, he set a different standard. Uh, last season was his first season without 10-plus sacks since 2013. And if you want to go all the way back to 2013, that was when he had his ACL injury. Uh, and last season was also his first season without a forced fumble. You know, we know Von Miller for his strip sacks. Uh, but, you know, Von, up until this point, has been a, a monster. You know, uh, this is year 10 for him. Uh, he has eight Pro Bowl selections, seven All-Pro selections. He's Super Bowl 50 MVP, has over 100 sacks. Over 130 tackles for a loss, over 200 quarterback hits, uh, 26 forced fumbles, uh, 21 21 pass deflections, nine fumble recoveries, and he also has a touchdown. So you know Vaughn can fill up a stat sheet, and he can he can wreck a game like many many guys can't. Uh, you know he has the he's about 6'3", 260 pounds, has tremendous speed, tremendous burst, tremendous bend. Uh, can convert speed to power in a heart in a heartbeat coming off the edge, and he's just a problem to deal with. So, 
you know, I hope he can come back from this injury. And, uh, you know, hopefully this isn't his last season in the Broncos uniform. But, unfortunately, we know the business of football and we know how things can turn out. So, you know, I, I definitely want to see him back in Broncos uniform. And uh, hopefully he can recover uh, from this ankle injury. Hopefully it's not too serious because uh, I want to see him. He's one of my favorite players, and I want to see him back in action. Uh yeah. Uh so first I guess, you know, going back to the actual injury, uh I believe I saw the tendon that he tore uh is the one that connects from your ankle to your pinky toe. Uh so I believe it just kinda stabilizes the outside of your foot. Uh but I saw where best possible scenario he could be back in three months, which would still be basically the end of the regular season, beginning the playoffs. Uh, but definitely unfortunate for Von Miller. Uh, you know, he also actually had COVID this offseason, too. Uh, so just a pretty rough time for him, man. Uh, like I said, I hope he recovers. Uh, it's a big loss for the Broncos. Uh, they, was, they were one of those teams, you know, that – we were considering to be sneaky, pretty sneaky good this year uh, and could sneak up on some people. Because uh, Von Miller, like you said, he's he's best pass rusher easily this decade, uh, at least outside pass rusher. Uh, he was the defensive leader uh, or really the overall team leader for that Broncos team, uh, you know, especially leading them to that Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, but, you know, things were just starting to look up. You know, they were – Drew Locke was going to be full-time starter this year. Uh, they invested a lot in the draft on the offensive side of the ball this year. You know, Jerry Judy was – he was probably my – or I don't know if I liked him as C.D. Lamb or – but one of my favorite receivers out of this class. Uh, they got K.J. Hamler, who's a speed guy from Penn State. Uh, they got Melvin Gordon to go along with Phillip Lindsay in the backfield. Uh, so the offense, offense should look pretty good this year, uh, but definitely a big blow to the defense. You know, they had gotten Jarrell Casey uh, to go along with that D-line. Uh, Bradley Chubb was coming back healthy, like you said. Uh, and what's his name? Justin Simmons, one of the best safeties already in the league. Uh, definitely give him his props. Uh, but now it's a big question mark on what that season is going to look like. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, like you said, you mentioned that what they added on offense. And also, you know, Justin Simmons' backfield partner, uh, Kareem Jackson, is one of the better safeties in the NFL. He doesn't get the attention, but he's one of the better safeties in the league. You know, and they have A.J. Boye at corner. So, you know, that was a – that was a solid I team. about him. That's right, that, yeah. That's a, that's a real solid team. And, you know, the Chargers lost Derwin James. And they're either going to be starting a rookie at quarterback or Tayrod Taylor, who's, you know, he's a, he's a solid starter, but he's not going to scare you. So, you know, I don't know what the Chargers are going to look like because Derwin James is a big loss. And so, you know, at safety, you look at the safety position there and, you know, they don't really have much at safety. They're, they're elite at cornerback, but safety is a problem. You know, you know Earl Thomas and Hyde Clinton Dix and Demarius Randall are all on the market, so I'm, they might make a run to one of those guys to, just to little, help solidify their back end, at least for this season. But I was expecting them to fight for a playoff spot, not win a division, but fight for a wild card spot at least. But, you know, 
that's a definitely a big blow because you know Bradley Chubb is not even a year removed from an ACL injury. You know they say you know most experts say it's usually year two before you get you know truly feel comfortable with an ACL injury. So you know it's a blow, uh, but hopefully he can come back stronger than ever. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and one thing we see with this Broncos team, uh, one thing that's becoming common in the NFL is you spend your money on defense and then on offense, you draft a young quarterback who's on the cheap, cheap contract, and then you build up and put weapons around him. Uh, but like I said, Broncos fought that same system. Uh, with the Chargers, you know, I forgot about the Darren James injury, but, you know, it seems like they have a major injury every year that ends up, you know, pretty much having a big impact on that season. Because, you know, it's Darren James now, uh, Hunter Henry, Torres AC. He's been injured a few times, I believe, actually. Oh, it was Darren uh, James last year, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keenan Allen's had some season-ending injuries. Um uh, you know, Phillip Rivers been banged up over the years down there. Uh, but the Chargers just get some pretty bad luck, I see. And I was expecting Derwin James to be a defensive player of the year candidate. Like, you know, because his rookie year. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, 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 arguably, he arguably had one of the greatest rookie years for a defensive back in league history. And then, you yeah, know, unfortunately. But, man, as we wind it down for our final segment of the show, like we said, week one of the NFL is upon us. The kickoff is tomorrow night. Uh, Definitely tuning into that. Uh, So what we will do for week one is we're going to run through all of the games for this week, and we're going to be predicting who – we think is going to win. So, here we go. Matchups for this week. First up, got to start with tomorrow. Texans, Chiefs, who you got? I got the Chiefs. Okay, Chiefs, Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs, too. Especially after what's going on in Houston right now. I just don't know about them. Uh, All right. Next up, Seahawks at the Falcons. Uh, I got to go with Seattle. I don't know what Atlanta's going to look like this year. I'm going to go with Seattle. I mean, they added Jamal Adams, Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner. I mean, you know who they are. I'll go Seattle, too. Like you said, a lot of question marks with Atlanta. Uh, one thing, though, I guess would be probably what Seattle traveling across the country to Atlanta. Don't know how that's, that's going to be. Uh, that's but, true. Uh, and Matt Ryan has a 5-2 and two record against Seattle. <laughs> Interesting. But next up, <laughs> Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Got to go Baltimore. Got to go Baltimore. Baltimore for sure. Uh, wait, and I forgot. Did you see the thing about Odell the other day? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I it was funny, but he made a joke ridiculous. about it. Yeah, he made a joke about that, it. Yeah, on, for, on the caption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's ridiculous. How can you even give people the platform to be able to defame somebody like that? And even if it was true, that's not our business. Exactly. All right. Jets, Bills. Buffalo, all the way. 
I'll go Buffalo too. <laughs> Raiders, Panthers. Raiders. Uh, I, I don't have you know City Bridgewater is a is a good quarterback, but their defense is gonna suck this year. <laughs> I'm going to go Panthers. I just feel like Teddy Bridgewater, they at home. Uh, he just finds ways to win. Uh, so, <laughs> there we go. Uh, next up, Bears at the Lions. Uh, I'm going to go Bears. That's, that's a I'm going to go Bears. Yeah. I'm going with the Bears, but here's a fun fact. Chicago is 3-14 and 14 in week one road games in the Super Bowl era. That's oh, ugly. <laughs> Colts and Jaguars. I'm going Colts to Jaguars are probably going to be the worst team in football this year. Yeah, that could possibly be 1-15, 0-16, but definitely definitely going with the Colts. Phillip River gets his first start, I mean, first win as the starter. Uh, Packers-Vikings. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go Packers because Minnesota lost their top three cornerbacks from last year's team. Uh, so I'm gonna go Packers. I'm going uh, Vikings on this one. I think Packers are still relying on Aaron Rodgers to do too much, uh, and I think the Vikings are just the all-around better team. Uh, let's see, Dolphins at the Patriots. Patriots. <laughs> Patriots easily, but definitely don't be surprised if the Dolphins at least compete. Oh yeah, they added a lot of defensive talent. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, they got they got a nice little team now. Uh and so oh the football team threw me off. I was like, what? Eagles at the Washington football team. <laughs> I got the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> I hope I hope the Washington football team go 0 sixteen just for the name alone. Like yeah, they, I, they gotta be remembered for something. I got yeah, I got Philly. Uh I don't even know. Outside of Bryce Love, uh, who are Washington's running backs? AP gone. Darius Geis gone. Where is Chris Thompson still there? No, I think he's in Jackson. He's in Jacksonville now. Oh, we are not. I ain't got nobody. That's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going Philly too. Uh, Philly didn't want six in a row against Washington. So next up. The Chargers at the Bengals. Joe Burrow's first NFL start. Could possibly uh, get, be Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert. But I got I got the Chargers. Uh, even though they lost Derwin James, they still got Chris Harris Jr., uh, Casey Hayward. You know they still got uh, still got Desmond King. They added Kenneth Murray, who was my favorite linebacker in the draft. Still got Mar- Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. They added Linval Joseph, so you know defense still gonna be there. Like, come on. obvious pick is the Chargers, but something in me feel like Joe Burrow gonna come out with some juice first game and pull off an upset at home. So I'm gonna go Bengals. This is gonna be my one, my one off the wall pick for the week. <laughs> I'm make an off the wall pick. All right, so here we go. Next one. This should be good. Bucks at the Saints. I'm going to go New Orleans simply because they're at home. Yeah, I'm going to go New Orleans in the close game at home, too. First matchup of two starting quarterbacks over 40 ever. <laughs> the same. <laughs> the same. <laughs> exactly. Cardinals at the 49ers. 
I'm going 49ers uh, just because they're at home. Whatever. 49ers better team. This is an easy dub. Interesting thing to watch. You got D-Hop against Sherm. And I don't know if you remember a few years ago, he got in a fight with Jimmy Ward. But we got both of them up against D-Hop week one. Uh, Cowboys at the Rams. I got my Cowboys, man. At least I'm gonna go Rams. I mean, Jalen Ramsey gonna cover Amari Cooper, okay? But who gonna cover CD Lamb? Lamp. Uh, who gonna who gonna cover CD Lamb and who gonna cover uh Michael Gallup? Michael Gallup was a thousand yard receiver last year. CD Lamb don't know enough yet. They linebackers trash. <laughs> look, 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 hold up, hold up. You was bashing CD Lamb before the Cowboys drafted. <laughs> no, no, where you, you get from? You was bashing CD, bro. No, for playing in the for playing in the Big Twelve. I mean, I thought he was a great player, bro. But like, I didn't think I think calling him better than Jerry Judy was crazy because Jerry Judy played in the SEC, bro. Like, competition matters. Well, we about to find out in the NFL. I mean, I, I hope he that guy. I, I pray he that guy. He was at Oklahoma. He better be that guy. Y'all didn't draft no corner <laughs> or a safety. Don't get me started, bro. <laughs> All right, next up. Oh goodness, Steelers at the Giants. This is a Monday night game. That's ugly. Ugh, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh. You was about to make an off the wall pick. No, I wouldn't even even if New York won, I wouldn't consider it off the wall because you know, you know, they added Logan Ryan, who's one of the more underrated defensive backs in football. They got Jabril Peppers, who I mean, he's not—he's not a superstar, but he's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's, he's serviceable. I put it he's like that. Rude. They also added James Bradbury at corner too. Uh, he's above average in terms of cornerback play, so you know. Yeah, Steelers. I'm going Steelers in this one. Steelers have won nine straight on Monday Night Football. Interesting. Hmm. All right, and the finale of Week One, we got the Titans. At the Broncos. Who the you Jarrell, The Jarrell Casey homecoming. Man, I got I got oh, Tennessee. Well, it's in Denver. Uh I got Tennessee. Uh, you know, hope if AJ Brown plays, I got Tennessee. Uh, because he's been questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I got if AJ Brown plays, then I'm gonna roll with Tennessee. I'm going to roll with Tennessee, but you know what? No, 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 no. I'm rolling with Denver. I think Denver's going to make a statement week one. Uh, Drew Locke is going to come out, make a statement. He was 4-1 and one as a starter last year. We can only think he's going to be better this year. So we'll see how that plays out. Well, that's all we got to their five topics. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to us. Continue to support us. You got anything else you want to add, bro? Oh, uh, nah, man. Black Lives Matter. Black people continue to fight. Uh, if you need to take a break from social media, from everything that's going on, do that. Uh, show you self-care is important. Uh, mental health is important. And uh, shout out to all the black women out there. I love you. Always, always. And speaking of black women, my sister's birthday just passed the other day, so happy belated birthday. This is the first episode we did since her birthday. Happy birthday, <laughs> happy related belated birthday, Jamari. <laughs> All right. 
the Mamba episode that'll do it. I'm the one and only Quentin Douglas. And I'm Jimmy Covington. I'll let y'all. Thank y'all. All right. Appreciate y'all. Good show, bro. Good show, my boy.